0: Good morning, PCN family. Uh, We are so glad to worship with you this morning on this wonderful Sunday morning, April 26th. And uh, it is a great day to be uh, the house of the Lord in a different way. And so I want to encourage you to continue uh, to make every effort to put him first today as you worship him on this wonderful Sabbath day. I, I wanted to start this morning uh, with a little bit of a, just a prayer time. Uh, we have a lot of our church family that are going through some dark valleys right now. And there's many things that are going on in our world that just uh, cause us to kind of hit, hit pause for a moment, even in this quarantine status. And I think we have to just be reminded that being selfish or wanting our way um, cannot be our approach to life right now. And so I just wanna take a moment right now and just open with a word of prayer. And uh, I hope that you would join me in praying right now. If somebody comes to your mind that you wanna just uh, whisper a prayer, a prayer request need, or just an encouragement uh, to the Lord and be an intercessor, we wanna really encourage you to do that right now. So would you just join me in prayer this morning as we begin? God, we just uh, pause right now and say thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your grace and your mercy that's in our lives. We thank you that, Lord, no matter what we're going through in life, no matter the, the v- valleys we may be struggling through, or maybe we're on a mountaintop and we're just uh, enjoying the blessings that you give us, wherever we may be in this journey, God, I pray that you would uh, come close to us today. May we sense your presence. May we sense your love. And would you just uh, wrap your arms of love around us? Would you be our healer today for those that are that are battling illness and disease? Would you be healer? Would you... Uh, would you come and would you touch them? Would your powerful healing hand rest upon them today? God, where those those that are without work and need your provision financially, I pray that you would do that today as well, that you would, you would make a way where there seems to be no way. God, I pray that you'd be our restorer and you'd restore relationships, that you would continue to work in our lives and our marriages and our families and our homes uh, with our children, our grandchildren, whomever we may be around. Lord, I pray that you would, restore relationships and cause them to be um, God-honoring in what we do, Christ-centered, as we talked about last week. God, I pray that today as we worship you and we continue to get into your word, that you would reveal yourself to us in in new ways, that you would open uh, your word to us afresh and anew, that we would be receptive to what you have to say. God, I pray for those that are just discouraged today. I pray that you would just uh, encourage them today. Would you um, prompt someone to cross their path either by phone call or text message or email that just can say, hey, I love you, I'm praying for you and God loves you too. God, I'm so thankful that we're a part of this family of God that cares for one another and cares for the world around us. And in doing so, Lord, we represent you. And I pray that you'd help us to continue to do that. In all that we say and all that we do today, may it be God honoring for your glory and for our good, we pray. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, Amen. Good morning, PCN family. Today is Sunday, April 26, 2020, and we are almost completely through the first four months of the year. And I wonder if you were able to set any personal goals at the beginning of the year. Were you able to set some personal goals, maybe to uh, lose weight or to uh, work out or to eat better. Uh, Maybe it was to uh, get closer to God this year and walk closer with him and have better devotions with him. Um, Maybe it's a financial goal that you might have had. Maybe you needed to get out of debt or or knock down some different things financially that were going to help you to live a more financially free life. Or maybe it was uh, even family related or relationship related. And maybe you were praying and asking God to help you achieve some goals in your marriage, uh, in your family. And uh, maybe God is gonna help restore those things for you. I wanna ask you this though, are your goals measurable? Do you have an idea of what you're going to do and where you're going? As we continue this series on relationships, Last week, we talked about being Christ-centered in our relationships. And I believe it's very important that as we're Christ-centered that we pray together. And that's the one task that we gave you last week was to pray together. I want to thank you to whomever made these shirts for Alicia and I, uh, couples that pray together, stay together. I wanted to wear that as just a thank you for your your blessing and your encouragement to us this week as we receive those gifts. Uh, My prayer is that it's, it's helped you this week as you have been Christ-centered in your relationships. So let me ask you, how how are you doing in that? How are you doing praying together? You see, last week we kind of gave you that first step, and we even gave you the tools. We gave you some written out prayers that you could begin to pray together and really seek God's face together. Did you miss a day? Did you miss two? Those are some things that we can continue to work on to make sure that we continue on this path of making our relationship goals come true. You see, relationships are hard work. Marriages are hard work. And we cannot expect to have great marriages or great relationships if we don't set some goals to strive and keep and work towards meeting those goals in our relationships. So today, I wanna give you a warning about this message before we go too much further. Last week, we kind of gave you the tools and we even gave you the prayers we hand placed them in your hands for you to use. This week, I want to warn you that this message is going to take some work on your part to apply the truth of this message. You see, this message, I cannot give you every step in this goal of our relationships. I cannot even give you the ultimate plan that God may have for you. But I can help you to see the importance of this goal, and I will walk with you as we strive to meet these relationship goals together. So the first goal that we had last week was Relationships 101, to be Christ-centered. This week, Relationships 201. We want to be mission-driven. As we discover this goal today, it's going to help us to continue on next week, to realize that we need to be devil-kicking. When we are Christ-centered and on mission for Him, it changes our life and the devil doesn't like it. And then finally, we're going to finish this up by being covenant keeping and understanding what that means in our relationships. You see, there's times when Alicia and I, we do premarital counseling, as we talked about, or marriage counseling uh, with couples. And one of the things we've done in premarital counseling is early on, we asked the couple, why do you even want to get married? Why why do you want to do this and embark on this adventure together? Why should you get married together? And many times we hear an answer that comes back just kind of like, um, well, we just want to be happy together. We want to have this great and happy and wonderful life. And just happiness is our goal. You see, if we're going to be mission minded, we need to realize this foundational truth. The foundation of a godly marriage and a godly relationship is not happiness, it's unity. So I want us to take a look at God's word today, and we want to see what our mission is from God as we look to his word from Genesis chapter 1. Just a quick side note, we're going to look at Genesis chapter 1, 27 to 28. And I know Pastor Alicia has been giving the kids memory verses to, to work on each week. This was the first memory verse that I memorized as a child through Bible quizzing. Just a quick side note for you. Would you follow along with me as we read God's word today? Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. So here is your mission, if you are willing to accept it. Multiply. God says to us, be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply. In our marriages, we have the opportunity to expand our family and to grow our family. Be fruitful and multiply. I believe that applies to more than just marriages, though. And God gives us a mission to be fruitful as Christ followers. As Christians, we need to be fruitful and multiply God's kingdom, by pointing them to Jesus. The next thing is we need to expand. In any good mission, it stretches us. It pushes our boundaries a little bit. It challenges us to be better, to trust God more in the things that we do. And then we need to conquer and create opportunity. You see, God gave us this world to, to not just survive in, which it seems like we're kind of doing right now, but he gave us this world to, as as managers, and we are able to conquer it and to create opportunity to grow and to help others to grow and walk with the Lord. You see, we may have to stay home in this quarantine restrictive time, but I want you to know the truth that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not quarantined. We can continue to find creative ways to spread his good news to those around us. So here's where it gets a little bit complicated though. We need each other to accomplish our mission. We need each other to be able to grow. We need each other to stay on task. You see, as we read last week in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. You see, what God seeks to unite the devil schemes to divide we all have probably heard the story of adam and eve and, and the serpent in the garden it's genesis chapter 3 if you want to go and read it a little bit later this week but in this story this is why the enemy the serpent began to work so hard on adam and eve adam and eve are happy we just read last week that adam was given eve and he said this is woman bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh and and he was pleased and they were excited they were happy, they were fulfilled, they were content, and they were blessed. But the enemy came to disrupt this relationship with God, to distract them from their mission, and to destroy their unity. You see, the serpent comes in, and he he begins to divide, and he, he kind of slithers in in his own way. And he's like, to Eve, he gets their attention and says, Eve, over here. And he gets Eve alone, gets her away from Adam. That's what the enemy tries to do to us. You see, when we're alone, we're in our most vulnerable place. And as as the serpent gets Eve alone, he begins to question her. Did God really say that? Did God really say you shouldn't eat of that tree? Did God really say this? And he begins to put doubt in Eve's mind and he gives her the fruit of this tree that she's not supposed to eat of. And she does, she takes a bite and she gives in to temptation and she eats of the fruit. And she realizes that it is wonderful and it's so good. And the Bible does tell us that sin is pleasurable for a season. And as she eats the fruit, she takes it to Adam, her her partner, her husband. And he, she says to Adam, this fruit is wonderful. Take it and see. And Adam takes the fruit and he eats it. You see, then they realize as soon as they ate of this tree and of this fruit, they are now made aware of their situation. They are in this perfect place. They are naked, they become ashamed, and they hide because they know they've disobeyed God. And God comes back in the still of the afternoon and he begins to call out to his prized creation, Adam and Eve, and he begins to ask them, where are you? And they have have clothed themselves with fig leaves and they come out and God says, Why did you do this? Who told you you were naked? Why are you ashamed and afraid? And Adam steps up and he begins to play the blame game. And he blames God and Eve. And we we see this in Genesis chapter three, verse 12. He says, the woman you gave me. What? He's bold enough in this moment to say, the woman you, God, gave me. God, you gave me this person and that's why I've fallen. It's your fault. It's her fault. And then he asked Eve and Eve says, you know what, God, it was the serpent's fault. The serpent came in and, and it's his fault. And I believe that the God probably went to the serpent and said, what are you doing? And the serpent, the serpent had no legs to stand on. <laughs> I'll let you think about that one for a minute. It's It's hard to get some laughs through online messages, but. You may get that a little bit later. So what we need to realize today is that what God unites, the devil divides. In Amos chapter three, verse three, we read this. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the destination or the direction? In this time of quarantine, Alicia and I have been trying to get outside and do uh, walks together. And sometimes we'll take the whole family and other times it'll just be her and I and we'll take the baby with us. And Uh, Every time we go out on a walk together, we get to the end of a block or we get to the corner. And every single corner, Alicia asked me, which way do you want to go? Which way do you want to go? And usually it depends on what we're trying to accomplish, how long we may have been gone or where do we want to go. And so I asked the question, could we get home if we went our separate directions? Could we get home safely? Yeah, we probably could. We probably could go our own direction and and make it home safely, but that would defeat the purpose of going on this walk together. You see, if we go on this walk together, we've got to go in the same direction. When one of us turns right, the other one has to turn right. That's the point of being united. It's of being together. You see, the word division, it really just means two visions, Division, D, the, the prefix D-I is, is two. And vision, the vision, a purpose, a plan, a direction. Division is two different visions. And in Proverbs 29, we read this, where there is no vision, the people perish. And this is true for our marriages. It's true for partnerships and business. It's true in the church. If we're not united on the mission in front of us, we will perish from trying to please everyone by going in their direction. You see, God's mission and, and vision for us has to be our priority. What does he want and, and we must do to unite around his purpose and plan for our life? You see, unity doesn't mean that we are the same. Unity means we are together. And one of the greatest, greatest tragedies in marriages today is when two people are together, but they're not united. When I look at scripture and I look for couples, sometimes it's easy to find a favorite couple based on their story or based on uh, how God uses them or, or different things. And I think about different couples in, in scripture and some that we might think of that would be our favorites are maybe Adam and Eve or, or Jacob and Rachel or Ruth and Boaz, uh, maybe Mary and Joseph. But my favorite couple in scripture is not any of these. My favorite couple in Scripture is only mentioned six times in Scripture. And we read about their purpose in Romans from Paul's writings. But when we read about this couple, every time one of these these people in this couple is mentioned, they are never mentioned without the other one. This couple is Priscilla and Aquila. You see, let's look at Priscilla and Aquila real quick. What made them so strong? I believe it's because they were Christ-centered and they were mission-driven. Romans 16, verse 3 through 5 says, Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry with Christ. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I am thankful to them, and so are all of the Gentile churches. Also, give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. So there's some things about their mission that are very important for us to see today. The first thing is this. They supported Paul's ministry. Are you supporting your spouse's purpose in their life? Are you supporting their drive and their purpose? Are you supporting someone else right now in what they're doing for the Lord? Paul says that Priscilla and Aquila, they risked their lives for him. Sometimes it takes risks in our relationships to stay united. We risk things in our life, comfort. We risk stability. We risk things that we're used to in order to partner with someone. You see that we see they led a small group in their home. Makes me ask the question, are you serving together with your partner, with your spouse? Are you doing something together for the Lord? And it says here that all of the churches, all of the Gentile churches were thankful for their ministry. Are you being a blessing to somebody else because you are staying on mission? When you're in a marriage, when you're Christ-centered and you're mission-minded, you begin to serve together and you begin to do things together that drive you to closer to God and closer to one another. But just like last week, let's talk for a minute if you're not married. Maybe you're single still, you've never been married, or maybe you were married, but now you're in a different season of life and you're still searching for what God's purpose and plan is for you. Whatever you are, whatever status you're in or wherever you may be in life and not married, you may be asking, well, how does this apply to me? Stay with me for a moment here. Once again, if you want a God-honoring life and marriage in the future, you must live a God-honoring, Christ-centered, mission-driven life today. I once knew a girl that she grew up in a Christian home. She grew up with Christian values, Christian parents. She even went to a Christian school. But as she continued to go through school, she began to do things that got her in trouble. And she began to go to parties and began to, to drink and do drugs and got got in with the wrong crowd and ended up being in a very dark place in her life for quite some time. Caused her to, to get out of school and she ended up coming back home and staying with mom and dad. And, and things began to happen and she continued to stay in that kind of that, that low place where she would look at other people and she would look at other other men or young men that were out there and she would see things and they would make her say, just like we talked about last week, I want that. I want that. And she found this, this guy that she saw, she began to see from a distance and she told her mom, this is a good Christian guy. This is a guy who's doing things for the Lord. This is a guy who has purpose and meaning in his life. I want that. And her mom had to say with, to her with all the love in the world for her, A guy like that is not looking for a girl like you. In other words, you don't build a life of righteousness in the future on a foundation of sin today. You see, if you're single and you're desiring a Christ-centered, mission-driven relationship in the future, begin living that life now. Begin being that person you're looking for is looking for. In other words, serve Jesus like crazy. Seek him passionately with your whole heart. Begin to do things that, that are Christ centered and mission driven. And as you begin to do those things and you begin to walk towards Jesus in your life and everything that you do, I would say, be observant, begin to look around and see who's going with you. And when you do those things and you're Christ centered and you're mission driven as an individual and you're doing things in community, As you look around and you become observant, you may see that person that God has for you to join together. And then you're able to say to that person, hey, why don't we come together? Let us come and exalt the Lord together. Let us glorify his name forever. So what is your mission in your marriage? What is your mission as an individual? You might say to me, Pastor, um i can't really just work well with my spouse we don't we don't see eye to eye on things we have two different personalities we just can't work together very well and i would say that that's just not that's just not true it may take work it may be hard to do but god puts you together for a reason and you're together to have a purpose together that he can use so maybe you could say to me today well, Pastor, you're right, we'll work on this. And so when we come to back together as a church, maybe we can serve together in, in one capacity. Maybe we could work in the nursery together, or maybe we could open the door and hand out bulletins together. And I would say, that'd be great. That'd be a great start. But I believe that God would have something for you that's even more purposeful than that right now. You see, we're not able to gather together in, purpose, in person right now. But maybe God has a plan for you to become the church and to serve together right now in this time and in this season. You can begin to be united together right now. Well, how can we get united? How can we get on the same page? There's there's two things that help unite us. Two things that unite us. Number one, what do you both love? What do you both love? And number two, what do you both hate? What do you both hate? When you have a common enemy, you will have a common mission. You see, in our life, we lived in Kansas City and there was a time in, in our life where I was feeling very discouraged about ministry and where we were headed. And I didn't know that, I didn't feel like Alicia and I were on the same page with the direction and the timing of things. And I voiced my my concern to her. And we sat down and we we prayerfully considered things and and Alicia has always supported me in my ministry and my calling. And she's come alongside even after my calling was established. And God has used us to be purposeful and mission-driven together. But in that moment in Kansas City, she made it a point to show me beyond measure that she was, she was behind me and supportive no matter what. No matter what that meant. And it felt so good to be on the same page, to realize that when God said for us to go, we would go. And so we did just that. I want to fast forward in the story a few years. Because after we made this decision to, to kind of move together and trust the Lord, God called us to Pittsfield. And we came to Pittsfield to do youth ministry together. And I will tell you this, Alicia has been my number two from the day one. She has come alongside me. And when I was leading youth ministry, she was right there carrying the torch. And I'm so thankful for that. We've continued that approach to ministry, a team effort, our entire ministry. As we moved forward in life, God began to clarify her mission as an individual in the world of counseling. And I began to pray about, and she began to pray about, how can we do this together? And God has used that in a mighty way because we realize now more than ever that the church needs people like her that can bring a counseling perspective to help people that are in need. And I want to support that any way I can. And so we're able to broaden our reach as a couple and as a ministry team because we know that we're on purpose together for him. As it happens in ministry for us it's also happened in our family. A few years back we began praying about the fact that we didn't feel that our family was complete and we thought that adoption was the way for us to go. We began to explore those opportunities and one of those opportunities that came to us was that of foster care and we opened our door in our lives to to foster care, we began to foster children because we believed what we wanted to do and help all the children that didn't have families, we could at least do for one. And so we started that journey together. And as many of you know, we started that journey and it has not come lightly, and it has caused much pain and grief at times, but it has also opened our eyes to see Jesus' love in a whole new way. And we are united. We are Christ-centered because we see his love in so many new ways. And we are mission-driven, not only in ministry, but for our family as well, as we continue this journey together of foster care and ministry together. So what is it for you today? What is your mission? What is it for you and your spouse? What is God calling you to do together or if you're single and you're, you're not married, what is God calling you to do to live a life for him now that will put you in a place to find that person he has for you? Maybe you two love kids and you love the opportunity to, to make family a reality for kids that don't have a family and can't experience that love. I would encourage you, maybe fostering is the way for you to go. There are so many people in our church body that have gone this route, and so there's so much encouragement and support out there. If you have questions, just reach out. Somebody can help you with that. But maybe you love kids so much, and you hate to see kids not with a family and experience that love. Maybe that's your mission. Maybe you love cooking together, making meals, or being hospitable and hosting people. And you hate that people are hungry and lonely in this time. Maybe together you can go and prepare meals for people and take it to them and just let them know that you love them and you care about them and encourage them. You see, whatever it may be for you, it may not be easy. It may be difficult for you to figure out what that mission is that God has for you. But I can guarantee that there's going to be times that it's going to be very hard. That you will be stronger together when you meet these goals in our relationships of being Christ-centered and mission-driven. Today, I wanna challenge you as we close with a couple of things. Number one, are you praying together? If you're praying together, I want you to add to your prayer. God, what would you have our mission to be? Would you give us some purpose? Would you give us some direction so that we can be Christ-centered and mission-minded and mission-driven? In our marriage. And then I want to encourage you when God gives you that mission, when He gives you that purpose, would you write it down? Maybe God will give you a personal mission statement for your marriage and your relationship. Write it down. Put it somewhere where you can see it every day. And remember when you're Christ centered and mission driven, you will make an incredible difference in this world. And then I want to really stretch you. I want to really stretch you and expand your boundaries. If you pray together and God gives you that purpose and mission, you've written it down and you begin to live that out together. Would you share that with us? Maybe you can send us a note, an email, a text. Uh, maybe you could share it with somebody else who's struggling in this in this area. But maybe you could even be so bold as to leave a comment on the service today of what your mission statement is as a family as a couple, or even as an individual. We would love to celebrate that with you and help you any way that we can to take that next step into continuing to reach that goal. I wanna encourage you today that we need to set our goals, not only for personal goals for the year, not even for financial goals or, or, or other types of individual goals, but I wanna encourage you to continue to set relationship goals. Goal number one, let's be Christ-centered. Goal number two, let's be mission-driven. And next week, we'll talk about when we accomplish those goals, we will be devil-kicking. And finally, we will be covenant-keeping as we stay together and continue to move forward together. Would you pray with me? God, we love you. We give you praise for what you've done for us. I pray that you give us a mission and a purpose today. If we're single, would you make it clear to us how we can seek after you so diligently and faithfully that when we're Christ-centered and mission-driven, we will be focused on you and you will meet those needs for us in relationship. If we're married, God, today, I pray that you help us to continue to pray together every day this week. And as we pray together, would you help us to pray for that purpose and that mission that you have for us, to do together, to be united. And what you unite, God, May the devil not divide as we stay focused in reaching our goal to be Christ-centered and mission-driven. We love you. We give you praise today for every good thing you do for us and just because of who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's been good to be with you today. I love you. I miss you. I can't wait to see you again soon. Have a great week. God bless.